Good morning. Welcome to Tata with a Word, one chapter a day series. And today we'll be reading from Job 1, and this is for Poetry Thursday. Let's dive right in. Um, Job 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 400 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does God fear God for nothing? Satan replied, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has in his power, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day, when the jobs, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another messenger came and said, Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down all your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. And this, at this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he, he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by judging God with wrongdoing. Amen. Wow. This book has always been very 
interesting to me because I'm not sure if like this is one of those par at first I wasn't sure if this was one of those parables where you're supposed to learn a lesson or like it was a real life story. I need to read about that. I need to go back and see because imagine everything you have has been taken away. One call after the other, your business is failing, your home has caught fire, your child has died, your dog has died. And then the first thing you do is to shave your head, which is what ladies usually do when they're grieving a man. <laughs> the first thing you do is to shave your head and say, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. And the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Like your understanding. You don't go, Why have you forsaken me, Lord? Like you just get it at the beginning. This is the first reaction to adversity. This is a very good quality to have because most of us will be like, whoa, what is the point, Lord, if the world is going into flames? What is the point of you? Are you not supposed to keep me safe? But this is Job's lesson to us that you do not curse God when something bad happens to you because maybe he's using you to show to certain that my child does not care about earthly positions. They don't care about earthly possessions. They will always be my child, whether they have everything or not. There are very interesting things that I've jotted down while I was reading um, this. Right? Um, on verse 4, it says that... Um, he says his sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Okay. I mean, I would expect that they would because these are their sisters. But I guess it was a different time and usually ladies were in the in the background. It's just funny to not, but it's not the main part of the story. What made me what was interesting to me was that Job would hold a purification and um, arrangements for his sons after every party. Imagine what form of feasting would you have done if you need to be purified afterwards? What form of things would you have done in the party? I mean, yesterday was New Year's Eve. Y'all probably went out to parties. Do you need to be purified from those parties or not? Like, think the whole December. The love that Job had for his sons. The love of a parent. He probably was against the way his sons and his daughters uh, led their lifestyles. But he prayed for them, cleansed them, purified them, burnt sacrifices for them. Most of us wouldn't be here if it weren't for our parents' prayers. The love of a parent is very important. When your parent prays for you, I swear to God, sudden won't even touch a herd on your herd because you'll always be protected. Some of the protection that is upon us is not because we are prayerful. It's because our parents are prayerful. And I am so grateful for that. And then the next thing that was important, that was funny um for me to not was 
when God asked Satan, where have you come from? Even God asked Satan, where have you come from? And we should always remember. When things happen, we should remember to ask Satan, Satan, where have you come from? Because even God asked Satan, where have you come from? And Satan was like, I was roaming around earth. Which means Satan is always in our midst. He's always roaming. All these temptations that we go through, Satan is roaming in our midst. So whenever you see things happening, you need to stop and be like, Satan, where have you come from? Hmm? And then God was like, you do whatever you want to do, but do not touch job himself i mean we have been at a certain point in our lives when things are not going well you've been your car is like your house you're not getting the job that you want um your peers you're not progressing as much as you you would like to progress or you're in a season of loss you're just losing things your relationship your job your health everything is going to smoke right but nothing like on your person on yourself nothing has happened you've not lost you've not spent a day in the hospital you've not lost your health you've not lost your your life you're losing things but you yourself you're standing and that means that you a finger has not been laid on you so guess who is advocating for you while Satan is creating havoc God says, do not lay a finger on my child. That's, that's wonderful. That's good. That's good. I love that. That God protects us with all he has. That we can lose everything. But he will still, we will still live to tell the tale. And we may still live to, um, to recover. Just like Job did in the coming chapters that we see him that he recovered tenthfold of what he got but he had to suffer loss first he had to be trusted and also Saturn says that this person cannot curse you because he has never seen loss in his life so how can we glorify God how can we know God exists if we don't suffer first I'm not saying God is a sadist but we this is how you know this is how you see that when you're suffering, when you want something, when you when your world is going to smoke, is when you return to the world, to the Lord the most. Because how will you be grateful of God if you don't feel the need of Him? If your world is so perfect and everything is so peaches and roses and peaches and cream. I don't know why peaches and roses. Uh, I don't think that's a thing. But yeah. So, this is a good chapter. I love it. And as we start 2020, I will remember if I get into a season of loss and I see that none of my head is touched, I will remember that God is with me. Satan might be roaming around nearby, but God has instructed him not to lay a finger on my head, on me. And that is a good thing let us pray heavenly father we thank you for the gift of life we thank you for the message of job we thank you lord that we should remember that if we're in a season of plentifulness that 
a season of loss may come and when it comes that we should not curse you but glorify your name and know that you give and you take it away and that naked we came and naked we will depart on earth and that our home is not on earth but we should aim more for heavenly glory we thank you for our parents who love us who pray for us keep them safe keep them healthy keep them alive and we thank you for everything that you do for us and when we feast lord remember remind us not to feast so much that we would need purification afterwards be with us always in amen the next chapter is going to be isaiah 1 tomorrow on prophecy fridays thank you so much for joining me bye